Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction's Patreon. I call BS, episode 35. Hmm, interesting title. Really creative. Uh, it's a lot for me to work with comedically. Mm-hmm. So, Work. 35, like the 35th president, quickly remembers back to U.S. history. Uh, Lincoln. <laughs> I went to public school. Oh, come and on. Even, Bobby, and who's, even then. Who's the 35th barely, president? Who's the 35th president, barely. Bobby? Uh, okay. You got to work 10 back. Google. No, I'm watching your hands. All right, watch my hands. You piece Google, of shit. Who is the thirty? <laughs> Google, who is the Alexa? Who is the thirty-fifth president of the United States? <laughs> to be fair, though, you also went to public school, so it's... yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we went to the same school. So <laughs> make of it what you will. Uh, speaking of making of it what you will, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, my comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? I am doing great. I feel like the balance of power has shifted. I am now in charge of I Call BS because I at least attempted to answer the 35th president. <laughs> you hid and tried to cheat, which I thought we were against cheating on I Call BS. Oh, do you? <laughs> Uh, dear, I call BS the game where I read four science news articles, some of which are real, some of which are BS, standing for bad science. They could all be true, all be false, or any combination thereof in between. Damien, are you ready to play? Yes. Uh, and Bobby, if you are new to the show, um, they're also just like the In and Out, just like the fast food restaurant In and Out. There is a secret menu of rules for this game, but uh, we'll see. They're if all Bobby... pretty, pretty standard quiz show rules. No Happy Days references. <laughs> what other quiz show? abides by that rule wheel of fortune <laughs> that say jack once knocked a dude out for dropping a fonzie reference jeopardy yeah because like think about it on jeopardy if you get asked a question and you answer incorrectly with a happy days reference then you lose points so jeopardy <laughs> has the exact same rule <laughs> <laughs> that's clever that's a way, way to go bobby <laughs> i'm just stating facts man all right let's move right on to i call bs I call. I call. I call. I call. I call. Ring, ring. I call BS. I would love it if I turned on Jeopardy tonight and like uh, somebody like buzzed in. They didn't know the answer, but just said, hey, and Alex Trek is like, I am a huge Happy Days fan. <laughs> Give him the points. He's dead, man. <laughs> I'd be watching older episodes. Yeah. LeVar Burton is taking the show in a new direction. <laughs> uh, article number one. A new plague of football-sized goldfish is sweeping through U.S. lakes. Damien, is this science or bad science? This is science, but on the plus side, they're really fun to punt out of the lake. So um, we think we can get a lot of, uh, to help our conservation efforts, we get a lot of uh, kicking teams. Like, hey, uh, like I'll long snap a goldfish to, mm -hmm. uh, to a holder, bam, and then also a punter. I've been part of a nonprofit that tries to help urban youth by taking them up to Lake Tahoe and having them practice with uh, Reggie Bush and a whole bunch of goldfish. Because they say if you can hold on to a fish, you'll hold on to the rock. You know what I mean? Like, you'll keep that ball tucked in tight if you can hold on to a wet goldfish. You sound like the coach from Dodgeball. Like, you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. <laughs> 
Yeah, I actually, uh, as you know, didn't grow up with the dad, so I had nobody to throw the goldfish around with. You know, like it's it's a big <laughs> it's a big hole in my heart. You know. Uh, Damien, this is science, and it is from people releasing their pet goldfish into the wild, which in nature, by the way, goldfish can grow up to 18 inches long. Apparently, goldfishes are actually quite hardy, too. They can live for 25 years in the wild and survive in small ponds that literally freeze over for five months, which will kill most fish. But they have, like, a really special biological process where they can, like, start living off their stored body fat and somehow turn it into, like, alcohol. And, like, they're a fucking crazy animal. And they're not from here. So, like, most invasive species, they get in here and there's not, like, the right predators or the right mixture. And they just start fucking shit up. And there's, like... A relative of the carp and they get down and they kind of like root around and pull up the roots of plants and like muck up the bottom of the water which then affects a whole series of other species that need that water to be clear or trying to eat that food and stuff so they're actually really really bad and they can survive in our sewer systems and stuff so like long story short uh don't flush your goldfish don't release them into bodies of water it's actually really really bad if you want to dispose of them uh some way then the only effective way is uh, bullet to the head daring an 18 year old to drink it along with a shot of jägermeister <laughs> you know the irony being is that like i had always assumed goldfish were just super easy to kill because everybody yeah, i know who's owned one they've died within a week mm-hmm yeah, it turns out in nature, it turns out like, yeah, in nature, they're they're super hardy. It's only when we put them in a fishbowl that they suck at living. But so stop releasing them. Uh, if you see someone about to release them, listen, I know there's people have some things. They don't want to kill animals. I'm totally on board with that. I get it. But uh, you're killing a lot of animals if you put one of those in the in a lake or a body of water because it's going to outcompete them and cause an ecological disaster. So if you really do love animals, just uh, hunt them once they become football size. Yeah. Yeah, hit it with a hammer. I don't anything. Literally, all you have to do is leave it outside for like, just leave it on a plate. It'll die. Like you don't, you don't have to overfeed it. Have it go the way it wants mm-hmm. to go. Yeah, actually, uh, I took a, a line from Little Miss Sunshine, and I had to kill my goldfish, and I just did it with heroin. Just, <laughs> but God, Grandpa's cool. Yeah, I mean, the downside was he didn't die the first time, and then um, like some of my electronics started going missing and uh, eventually found out that the fish had a heroin problem and was hawking most of my stuff. Turns out he uh, wasn't in bad health at all. He just was faking it to get heroin. Yeah, yeah. And then he shopped around doctor's prescriptions for a long time. It was a whole thing. But yeah, I should have just used the hammer. (laughs) Shows you hit him with an MC Hammer album. I mean, it would kill him just as equally. All right, article number two. Some U.S. states are having to deal with outbreaks of scrometing, the appropriately named and occasionally fatal condition characterized by screaming, caused by intense abdominal pain, mixed with vomiting and nausea, a condition caused by overuse of cannabis. Damien, is this science or bad science? I want to say this is science because the first time I ever smoked pot, I was a freshman in college. Um, mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I was drinking. I was just beer bonging all night and my stomach was bloated and uh, my friend bet me that uh, something I lost the bet so I had to take a rip off his bong and I had never done this I have right uh, and it hit me like a ton of bricks I started coughing so much I threw up my stomach was in incredible pain because basically I was I was I'd already pushed myself to my limit then I took a shot I took a pot shotgun to the brain and uh, and I <laughs> and like I basically I pretty sure I did everything but shit myself and I don't even know about that last part were you screaming while you were vomiting? 
Yes, because it was my stomach was a lot of pain from tr- uh. from heaving. Uh, I was throwing up gallons of beer at the time <laughs> because all the coughing had triggered uh, this response. So you scrummeted, but you didn't scrummerama itted or scrimmed. Scramble. I didn't scrummerama ding dong. If that's what you're getting, I, at. that's where you add the shit. That's where you add shitting in there. That's where you scream vomit and shit. Which is also, by the way, a great defense mechanism. If somebody's ever tried to break up with you, just start scrummeting scrimmaging mm-hmm. and they'll they'll have to stop like nobody can break up it's like actually impossible they can't hear you because you're screaming and vomiting <laughs> and shitting that's the thing man i wish i have incredible colon control under the influence that's that's why i w- kind of wish i didn't because like i think if i had woken up in my own shit in like a bed one time i'd be like wow uh-huh. i need to get help but because that hasn't happened <laughs> You're saying your inability to shit your bed while drunk has prevented you from hitting the rock bottom you need? Yeah, my thing is like, hey, have I shit the bed yet? Nope, don't have a drinking problem. (laughs) I feel like you would have a lot of disagreements with Jeff Von Vondren or whatever his name was. (laughs) I don't know who that is. He was the guy from the TV show Intervention. All right, David, what was your your declaration on this one? Of course AA is going to have their definition for an alcoholic. Those pussies have all shit the bed. I'm going to say, while this has happened to me, I'm going to say this is bad science for the sole reason that not everybody can do what I can do. Not everybody can shit, vomit, and Not everybody can rip scream. a bong after spending all night beer bonging with the homies, bro. I'm like one of a kind. Nobody parties like me, and nobody scrummets like me. Uh, sorry, Damien, this one is science. So it was first noted about a decade ago in Colorado. The disease, actually named cannabis hypermesis syndrome, comes from copious, almost always daily cannabis use. Its onset starts with nausea in the morning and some slight abdominal pain and the feeling like one might vomit, but later phases get really bad and with essentially continuous nausea throughout the day, severe abdominal pain and unreal bouts of vomiting. One of the guys who suffered from it was interviewed and he said, like, the pain is unbelievable. It felt like Edward Scissorhands was like putting his hands into my guts. You were getting a fisting job by a Tim Burton character? I think it's really more of an aggressive fingering, but okay, yeah, I guess. So the symptoms often ease during a warm bath or shower, which is kind of interesting, and eventually they go away altogether once cannabis use is stopped. But if you don't stop fast enough, the disease, while not killing you directly on its own, can take its toll on you, especially in terms of dehydration. Because, again, these guys, in between their screaming, are vomiting so much that in the worst cases of this disease, they're losing significant amounts of water, and there are at least two known deaths attributed to dehydration from scrometing. But how did they look before that? Now that they were thrown up, now that they were uh, hitting the eject button, know what I'm talking about, uh, what was their waistline looking like? I bet you guys probably figured out that I had to pick this as one of our articles just because of the name scrometing. Like, I love it when somebody does something so stupid. They're like, well, what's the problem? Well, they're screaming and they're vomiting. All right, I got it. Scrometing. All right, call for lunch. We're done for the day. We have no need to further discuss this. So can I get my name added to the paper? Because I was an early pioneer in scrometing. Mm, that's true. I'll, I'll cross-reference with beer bongs. Because nobody drank and smoked pot before me. I just didn't realize we could combine, like, two words really poorly and then, like, come, like I was ejaculating the other day when I farted and ejaculated at the same time. 
I get that. You know, that's the thing. In Germany, they have words for for emotions that we don't have. I think if we got yeah. creative and stopped being all stuck up about about conjoining words like this when they make sense, we could have a rich and beautiful German language, a love language like German. Uh, article number three. Researchers in Eastern Europe were able to sequence DNA from the dirt of a 25,000-year-old cave and pull out the DNA of a single ancient human woman, an early lineage of Eurasian wolf, and the direct ancestor of the tomato plant. Damien, is this science or bad science? This is bad science. This is not a story. This is the setup to a lame-ass archaeological joke. The remains of a woman, a wolf, and an ancestor of the tomato all show up on lab results. <laughs> what happens then? You fire the lab tech. Because, of course, Damien, this is false. I gave you a little hint in there. The tomato, we talked about plants on our, our last episode. Tomato is, of course, a New World plant, so it would not be found in uh, ancient Eastern Europe. But very, very good. But it's only barely untrue because i did take an actual true story and just swapped out tomato plant in there but there's nothing more italian than the tomato <laughs> that's it so the story comes from georgia the shitty country not the shitty state it should be said whenever yes for those of you guys who are new maybe you came from cult podcast uh we like to always point out when we're talking about georgia because the topic does come up quite a bit whether we're talking about the shitty country or the shitty state neither of which anybody would ever want to live in yeah, the thing is, though, like, um, there's not like a I lot said, of great nice. science going on in the shitty state. So we do, that's the one we bring up the least. Uh, but because there is a ton of ancient history in the shitty country. Yes, yes, that's true. There's a lot of hominid history and stuff. The thing is, Atlanta does have the CDC. So every once in a while, Georgia does have a disproportionate... St- like It also has the city where the players play. <laughs> yes! And they write on it, like, every day. But, like, so, for instance, you will always hear more science news stories out of Georgia than you will out of, like, the other shitty southern states. Like, you'll hear more than out of, like, Alabama or Arkansas or something, because there is actually something of scientific interest in Georgia and Atlanta. But, yes, in general, we like to distinguish between uh, between Georgia and Georgia. So, they did this in Georgia, the shitty country, not the shitty state, and they sequenced the DNA from dirt inside a known human-occupied cave and came back with basically the entire genome sequence of a woman who lived 15,000 years ago. Super, super interesting. Uh, she contributed to, she was part of the population that contributed genetics to a lot of what we now consider Western Europeans, among other people. But also, they were able to pull out DNA from a Eurasian wolf, who's likely now essentially dis- extinct, or descendants are extinct, probably a, a dead-end genetic lineage of wolf, as well as a bison, which did actually originate in North America, as the bisons did, but in a great intercontinental exchange a couple million years ago, bison made their way over into the old world as well. So that is a new world creation, but one that was around in the old world 25,000 years ago. I'm imagining a Buffalo Bill sequel. Buffalo Bill goes to Asia to finish the job. Like it's... For those of you guys who've been listening a long time, this is something I've been telling you. This will be a big part of studying the past from now on, is the ability to get DNA, eDNA, from the dirt. We talked about the very first time this technology was pioneered and how it would change the world, and it is already doing that. We talked a couple weeks ago about some eDNA studies of cave dirt that had Neanderthal and Denisovan DNA and stuff in it. Now we're looking at this stuff with humans. We've seen a couple of ancient human DNA studies. We're basically going to start being able to tell when humans came 
belonging to an area by analyzing the DNA presence in the in just regular soil and dirt. This is such a cool technology. It is almost science fiction to somebody from 40 years ago. The idea that you could comb through dirt that's you know 20,000 years old and pull out the DNA sequence of a person who lived in that place. It's just, it's absolutely remarkable. It's going to change the way we do a lot of archaeology, human paleontology, uh, history, everything. Very, very, very cool. Outside of archaeology, but I'm, I guess what I'm asking is, are there any practical or helpful applications to this science, or interesting even, uh, like, for example, could we use this for to catch bad guys? Yeah, well, we already do. We So environmental DNA was something that was pioneered uh, to work both in terms of looking at ancient stuff, but also modern stuff. So we do this now. We have a technique called MVAC, which is essentially like a little vacuum that you can vacuum a crime scene with that can pull up ambient DNA on like chairs and stuff like that. We've even been able, as we covered about two months ago, being able to pull out DNA literally from the air. That a, if a person went into a room and, and breathed in that thing. Now, uh, how well that works and how long that sticks around, et cetera, et cetera, is unknown. But certainly environmental DNA will be a huge part of solving crimes as well. Uh, so it'd be harder, it'd be easier to prosecute a flatulent man had he committed a crime with this technology. I mean, I always think it's easier to prosecute a flatulent man. I mean, the juries hate farters. Like, that's what they say when you, you're doing jury selection. <laughs> that's, the prosecution was sure to drop that I had IBS unnecessarily, like, ten times. People have been put to death because of whoopee cushions. You know, they were innocent <laughs> of the crime. <laughs> In the South. In Texas, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, but the prosecutor stuck a whoopee cushion under the bench. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't know how that got there. Let me, just let me, give, I'll give that whoopee cushion back to me, I'll Make sure it goes back to its proper owner. Uh, and lastly, article number four. A monkey bee virus infection has killed a veterinarian in China, which is especially scary given that the mortality rate of monkey bee virus in humans is almost 50%. Damien, is this science or bad science? The first thing I think of when I hear of monkey bee, which is the name of the virus, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, monkey bee virus. Monkey bee virus is uh, is like, uh, like Cardi B, but... You know, there, I, there's no joke there. It just invokes like a like like a really sexy monkey, a monkey with a wet ass pussy. I think that's no, that's not Cardi B. That's <laughs> you are racist. Listen, they're both powerful sexual icons that have given me an inspired an erection deep within me. I imagine this is more of just like a confused monkey learning to speak, and he's trying to equate like monkey bee virus. No, no, monkey bee monkey. <laughs> I don't understand. This is science, or as Fox News is calling it, fake news. Uh, Damien, this is science. So the veterinarian in question worked at a Beijing institute that conducts research on non-human primates. And during the course of his work, he dissected two dead monkeys back in March. In April, he developed a fever, vomiting, and neurological symptoms. And after being treated at many hospitals because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him, he died at the end of May. They were able to check out what he, check out what he had, and he tested positive for monkey B virus or monkey virus B. Did he get some monkey blood in his eye? Like, I think he probably just ate some of it. Like while he was just <laughs> just snacking a little bit. What you know? am I going to just leave this delicious dead monkey meat? Just let it go to waste? Like sometimes it. I'm not saying like he was like eating chunks of monkey meat, but like if you have if you're eating some Doritos and you got a monkey that's just open there in front of you like a bowl of salsa. I mean, you're gonna dip a little bit of that chip in that monkey. You're not allowed in the lab anymore, are you, Bobby? I mean, even though it's an archaeology lab, you're still not allowed <laughs> in there, are you, Bobby? So that particular virus is a virus that's only known to have infected humans 50 times in history. 
though that did come with 21 deaths out of those 50 people. So it is true, it kills almost 50% of the people who get it. Luckily, the disease is not easily transmitted from one person to another, so it likely will not be the beginning of another great pandemic coming out of China. This is undoubtedly the dead-end cul-de-sac for this particular virus. Unless, unless more people just start eating monkey salsa, <laughs> then, then we have to put PSAs out, Bobby. That's true, but also, I mean, with a little bit of pepper, it's a really good <laughs> salsa. This monkey salsa is made in New York City. By the way, uh, monkey bee virus, part of the same virus family as herpes. So theoretically, dude died from herpes. At least that's that's the headline I'm writing. It was the inside of his body covered in herpes sores? Or, it, or did he die like with his family members, like with a, a dick that was encrusted? His family members just like, what did he, did he, at least he got some cool sex and didn't spend all his time in a lab. Oh, dear. Thank you so much for joining us for Science Faction Patreon. Episode 35, I Call BS, where you learned all about how a plague of football-sized goldfish is sweeping through U.S. lakes. How an increase in the outbreaks of scrometing may end up with more fatalities than you might think. How researchers in Eastern Europe were able to sequence DNA from the dirt of a 25,000-year-old cave and how a Chinese man was killed by an incredibly deadly form of herpes, but you probably don't have to worry about it. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 571. Well, then I suppose I have no further questions for the defendant, but this one, may I pull your finger? You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right. (laughs) 